We're now down to the four semifinalists for the Asian Cup, Jordan, South Korea, Iran, and Qatar. And in today's video, I'm going to try to recap the quarterfinals games as concisely as I can, although I'm certain to go on a few rants throughout this video. Guys, I also want to say that I'm going to be dropping the semifinals predictions another time, so hit subscribe so you don't miss that or the live streams that we are doing for both semifinals matches and the final. And lastly, make sure you check out our Twitter. The link is in the description of this video. We're going to start with the two games today because they're freshest in my head and I feel like I have a little bit more to say about these two but i will get to south korea australia and jordan versus tajikistan later in this video so don't worry um first up though we got to talk about iran defeating japan for the first time in 15 years two to one late penalty 94th minute sends home the samurai blue and pretty much the majority of people's favorite to win the asian cup what my mind immediately went to after this iran defeat was hajime moriyasu and his future with japan and you guys let me know in the comments if you think he should continue with the national team because me personally i've seen enough this guy is clearly not good enough to manage a team at this level he does not know where to put his players in a position to succeed he does not know how to get the most out of this national team he does not know how to squeeze as much juice as possible out of the fruit that is metaphorically the japanese national team it seems like he is time and time again getting bailed out on the fact that japan has ballers in the team if you guys disagree with me and you think moriyasu is the man that is all right just Please elaborate in the comments because I don't really see how people can defend him anymore. If we look at the Japanese 11 today against Iran, I feel like there are several howlers that Moriyasu committed. And you guys let me know what was the gravest sin committed by Mr. Hajime today, okay? I'm going to start with the decision to start Hiroki Ito at the left back. I don't understand why this guy is a starter for Japan because I feel like we have enough tape at this point to know that he can't get the job done against the better teams. I mean, guys, it's not a coincidence that his two worst performances at this tournament were against Iraq and Iran, the two teams with actual quality going forward. Ito does not have the skill set to play the style of football that Japan want to play, that very quick passing, very incisive crossing from the wings. He can't do that, so why is he starting? Going to the center backs, I feel like Tomiyasu was fine. Koi Takuda, on paper, I feel like is okay you know i would have started somebody like machida especially how he's looked at this asian cup in limited minutes i feel like he's looked very good but moriyasu decides to go for itakura and my lord y'all itakura had probably the worst solo defensive performance of any player at this asian cup so far i thought it was matthew davies right from malaysia against jordan i thought that was the worst performance i've seen i think today ko itakura I think you surpassed that. You guys let me know if there has been a, a worse showing from a defender that you've seen, but I, I cannot think of one. It's not just the fact that he gets beaten by Mohebi for the goal or the fact that he scissor kicks Mohebi on the ground with 10 seconds left on the clock in his own penalty box and eventually concedes the penalty that sinks Japan. The entire game, he was getting completely bullied by Asmoon, by Mohebi, by Golos. Whoever was the nearest Iranian was just winning every challenge. He couldn't really pass the ball. He was doing nothing offensively. Wasn't good in the air. Wasn't good on the ground. Spacing was terrible. Moriyasu needs to make that substitution. All three of us on the live stream, Jake, Connor, and I all said, if Koi Takuda plays 90 minutes, Japan will lose this game. You need to take him off. And he just kept making mistake, 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 mistake. Moriyasu said, I'm good. I'm stubborn. I'm stoic. And it cost Japan. I don't even know what the positives were for Japan in this game. I mean, really, you had a 
moment of magic, and I use magic in lowercase, from Hidemasa Morita, who somehow dribbles like four Iranians and then gets a very fortunate deflection that ends up in the back of the net, and Japan are up one nothing, and I'm sitting there thinking, this really ain't deserved. If we're talking justice, if true justice was served in this game, it's probably Iran 2, Japan nothing final score. It is absolutely atrocious defending from Kanani, who's had a couple moments like that in this tournament. I feel like against UAE, he was also a liability. He's he's definitely the weakest spot in this Iranian 11. I'll get to Iran in a second here, but I just got to wrap up with Japan. I got to get some stuff off my chest. If you guys want a full video just recapping Japan's disastrous Asian Cup, let me know in the comments. I'll try to find a different creator and we can collab on it, you know, a group therapy session. Or maybe I'll just do it myself. But anyways, y'all let me know. So Japan get the goal. It's kind of lucky. And then they do pretty much nothing the rest of the game. I mean, it's Ayasa Ueda half chance but it really is all iran in the second half and this is where i'll switch over to iran who i feel like galanoi really i mean he he body bagged moriasu in this game tactically the way he set up the team his substitutions versus moriasu's atrocious substitutions i mean taking off Dyson Maeda, who was Japan's best player up to that point, and putting on Matoma, when you have Ritsu Doan just stealing, leeching a starting 11 spot on that right wing, inexcusable. But anyways, Iran, I felt like it was a masterclass. Every single Iranian player on the pitch, except for the center backs, I, I'm hesitant to give them too much love because I don't feel like they had to do much, but everybody outside of those guys truly gave it their all today and dominated Japan physically. There's no other way to say it. it. It was a dominating win, and I don't know if Japan had been dominated like this in recent history. I mean, some people might uh, bring up Spain or Germany at the World Cup very different matches to this japan didn't want the ball against spain they didn't want the ball against germany they wanted the ball today against iran they just couldn't keep it the double pivot of ibrahimi and ezatolaki were locked down i mean they were not letting japan do anything in the middle kubo looked pedestrian ritsu doan couldn't beat mohammadi a single time i mean did he dribble past him a single time i really don't know Rezaion, I thought he was going to be the biggest liability in this game just because of, you know, his inclination to go forward. I thought that one Mitoma was going to start and then Mitoma was just going to go at him. Mitoma doesn't come on until the 70th minute and only gets a few opportunities to kind of do something and really didn't cause any damage. And going forward, I thought Reze Ion was a beast. So I have to give him credit. I mean, I know the, the, the unanimous first choice right back for Iran is out for the tournament. And I know that was that was a big loss, but... Knowing that that's the backup, <laughs> that's some pretty good depth. And I think if we did not single out Mohamed Mohebi, I would be doing this man a disservice. Now, little story time. I had no idea who he was going into the Asian Cup. And I remember watching him against Palestine. And I was like, hey, this guy is pretty good. Like, I like how direct he is. He really likes to dribble out the defenders. He's taking them on. He, he's causing havoc. And I remember going on Twitter and all the Iranians were like, this guy is trash like why is he playing for my national team oh my god i never want to see him again once it was announced uh that galanoi was starting him in this game all the reaction online why is this guy in the team he's a scrub he's trash and i'm over here thinking like hey i mean i, I don't know i think he's i think he's looked pretty good so far and then he turns out to be arguably the man of the match any iranians watching do you agree with that would you give mohebi the man of the match or would you give it to yakimbash because of just his overall performance i feel like it was his best game of the asian cup i'm gonna be real i felt like in the group stage he was kind of the weakest point in the iranian attack for most games but today maybe without Tademi, he felt like I, he had to put in one of those i am him performances and he really did i mean asmoon maybe not the best finishing he continues to just have 
left his shooting boots at home, but a really good assist to Mohebi. His passing's been great. His movement's been great. He just doesn't have the goals yet. I don't really know who had a bad game for Iran. I mean, maybe the goalkeeper should have done better on Marita's shot, but otherwise... I mean, it's high marks all across the board. I said this after the group stage ended, and I'm going to maintain this now. Iran are the most complete team in this tournament left, and they are the one Asian superpower that looks strong head to toe. Like Korea, they look strong, but they also look extremely predictable, slow. Japan looked incredibly vulnerable at the back. I mean, zero clean sheets in five games. Saudi Arabia, I was never really worried about them. Australia can't score. They're eliminated. Now it's coming down to four, and I think Iran, after beating Japan, you have to win the Asian Cup now. You do. If you don't, it's also a massive failure, and I know that might sound harsh. You can disagree with me if you want. You have to win the Asian Cup now. You've beaten Japan. You're in the semifinal against Qatar. You need to lift this trophy. This is an aging squad. This is probably y'all's last chance as this group, not as a country, of course, Iran, are going to be an Asian power. I, I don't really see them falling off ever. You need to win this Asian Cup now. You need to, to pin the tail on the damn donkey. And I think that they will after beating Japan today. I have a lot more that I could say, but for the sake of time, I'm going to move on to Qatar versus Uzbekistan. And this game ended 1-1 full-time. Went into extra time, still couldn't find a goal scorer. And then Qatar ended up winning 3-2 on penalties. And y'all might know I'm a massive Qatar hater. Like, I'm such a hater with this team. I genuinely do not know how they're in the semifinals with this Asian Cup. I've never felt throughout this tournament that Qatar have had a stinker of a game or looked awful. I just also don't really think they played any very good teams. Like, I'm going to maintain that. Like, yes, Tajikistan made it to the quarterfinals. Yes, they beat Uzbekistan in the quarterfinals. But Tajikistan is their debut, and Uzbekistan are completely decimated by injuries and suspensions. Like, I know I'm making excuses. I don't care. I don't rate this team, and I think that they will lose to Iran in the semifinals. You look at the goal that Qatar scored today, it's an own goal from Yusupov. It's a prayer shot from Alhaidos. I mean, the angle, it is impossible for the ball to go in the net without being redirected and that's exactly what Yusupov does with his glove I mean it goes through his hands it looks like he's trying to catch it I don't know what the form is there I don't really know what he's doing but it was just a howler and I was saying on the live stream I just felt like Uzbekistan if they were going to be Qatar away from home they needed to play a perfect game and <laughs> scoring an own goal to start is not the perfect game and I just felt like Given the injuries, given the players missing, given the starting lineup that Katanich put out, which I thought was was foolish, um, I just never felt like they were going to have enough to come back. Barsham ends up being the hero for Qatar. I said on the stream, I felt like he was very impressive at the Gold Cup. I do feel like, you know, Qatar have a pretty pretty solid goalkeeper going forward. He's not a an elite goalkeeper for the continent, but I'd, I'd put him in that good category, you know, maybe like the second tier of, of Asian international goalkeepers. I mean, I have to say the back three for Qatar was very, very good. Very, very good, although... Starting Masharipov as a striker was questionable. I don't really feel like he did anything. And we'll get into Uzbekistan a little later. What else do I have to say about Qatar? Um, I thought Fatih was a, a freaking animal in the middle. He was probably Qatar's standout for me. And and arguably, you know, outside of Afif and Haidos, I feel like those guys always take the headlines. I feel like Fatih has been that number three this tournament for Qatar. Maybe Mohamed Wad, you could you could nominate him as well, who I feel like has been a surprisingly good wing back this tournament. I didn't see that coming. I didn't think the man was built like that. But apparently 
he is. And so I don't know if he's injured or, or whatever for the next game, but if he is, it's going to be a big loss for Qatar. Akram Afif, definitely far from his best game, but he was still extremely dangerous. I mean, every single set piece Qatar have, they look so scary because the quality of the ball from Afif is, is world class. Like every single time he might, he might have one bad cross a game out of like seven or something like that. I mean, the way that he's able to curve the ball, whether it's an outswinger, inswinger, doesn't really matter. I mean, the guy is just, he's a freak. And it really is, at this point in time, a two-horse race for the MVP of this tournament, the best player award of the Asian Cup. It's, it's Akram Afif or Igangin. I really just think whoever wins, whichever team goes the furthest, that guy's going to win. Um, if both South Korea and Qatar lose in the semifinals, then they're probably going to give it to an Iranian at that point. I, I don't know who that would be. You guys would have to let me know in the comments, maybe Koldos or something like that. But that that's a conversation for another time. Qatar, I mean, once again, they, they do just enough against a team that is either beaten up or below them, and they get it done. And I have to give them credit for that. I have to. I might be a hater, but I have to give them credit, and I'm giving them credit right now. I don't really feel like they deserve to win, but I don't think Uzbekistan deserved to win either. Like, when it went into penalties, I was like, okay, this is about right. This is about right. Uzbekistan were the much better side in the second half, but they were, they were poor in the first half, and they were poor in extra time. They looked tired. They didn't really do much. They looked like they were playing for penalties, and I, I despise when teams do that, especially when you're on even footing with your opponent. It, it's one thing for Indonesia to try to play with pen for pens against Japan. And another thing, if you're Uzbekistan playing Qatar, like you need to try and win the game. And I just felt like they didn't. Um, Tintin Marquez, yo, he's done a good job with Qatar. Like th the one defense that I'll give myself when assessing this Qatar team is I assumed Carlos Quiroz was going to be the manager. And I assumed it was going to be extremely regressive, pragmatic football. And it has not been the case. TNT Marquez has allowed Akram Afif to have the luxury to roam around the pitch. He is a little reliant on the stars of this team to create offensively. But I think the wingback system has been great. And he deserves flowers for that. I don't know if there's a best coach award for the Asian Cup. But he needs to be a, he needs to be a nominee. Because he's going farther with, his, with the Qatar talent. Irregardless of who they're beating. He is taking them further than they should go. Even as the defending champions, he has taken them farther than they should go. So I think of all the Qataris, if there's one person who's earned my respect the most, it's the manager. You know, I can't really say Afif because that, that boy been a dog. Like, I knew Afif was that guy. So I'm not surprised by Afif's quality. I am surprised by Tinti Marquez. I think he's done a phenomenal job. I mean, hats off to you, sir. Going to Katanich in Uzbekistan, I, I despise. Despise the decision to put Masharipov as a striker. Absolutely despise it. I mean, you have guys on the bench who could possibly play at that nine position and you don't call upon them. Like guys like Amanov. I, I don't understand. Why are there four strikers that you called up to the Asian Cup if you're only going to play two of them? Why are you going to play some of your best guys out of position? Like, it's just kind of frustrating. And I don't know if it was instruction. I don't know if it was Qatari play. I don't know if it was uh, the, the Uzbeks themselves. But it wasn't a fluid game. Like, they looked more fluid against Australia than they did against Qatar. And, and I truly mean that. Another decision I don't understand. Kolmatov getting zero minutes today, despite being top three player, top two player against Thailand. And the guy doesn't get a single minute. And you have Shukrov returning after a sickness. And I felt like Shukrov was good today. Great penalty at the end, too. I felt like he was good today. But why are you not putting Kolmatov in the game? 
you know, instead you're putting in Umarov and Urkanov. And Urkanov was 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 terrible this tournament. Like literally did nothing. He's a speed, he's a pace merchant, can't do anything else. I, I didn't understand that. The substitutions, Katanich, too pragmatic. Didn't go for it. Should have tried to put the nail in the coffin. You should have tried to go for two goals in the second half. They kind of did, but he backed off. I feel like he really fumbled it here. And the Uzbek, you know, I saw comments saying that they're cursed. They might be cursed, but I think they cursed themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, some people want to blame the ref for this. That, that's ridiculous. I don't think the referee is the reason that Qatar won this game. Like, I'm not going to let y'all do that. The reason Qatar won the game is because Uzbekistan kind of played for a stalemate, and then they, they left it in fate's hand. They lifted up the chance of a, cost, a flip of the coin in the penalty shootout. Instead of saying, we are the better team, we're going to go and win. And I think Katanich did this team a disservice. Oh, gosh. I mean, I feel for Uzbekistan because it's like what could have been. But, but that's not an excuse. Vietnam were decimated by injuries, too. You know, Thailand had big players missing. Japan, big players injured. I mean, Junior Ito withdrawing from the squad massive loss that's that's something that i haven't even talked about but i mean I th anybody doubting Ito's importance to japan just watch the asian cup that's all i have to say about that um uranov bro this guy was so annoying to me the entire asian cup i felt like he was the biggest disappointment in, in this uzbek squad like no like he just just wasteful wasteful he's a kind of good dribbler he's kind of fast He's kind of, kind of, kind of, not really, is how I would describe this guy. On the bright side, uh, bright side of face alive, you know, th this dude is a baller. Like, he's, he's going to be a star player um, for this national team. I think he's going to have Uzbekistan qualify for the next World Cup, but just too, too young to be relying on a 20-year-old a, on a to do a bunch at this tournament. Part of that circumstance, part of that's Katanich, the coach. I, I, I'm very conflicted about him. Because I felt the Australia game, they set up very well. Uh, Thailand, again, very well. But Syria, I felt like it was, a, it was a flop. And I felt like Qatar today was a bit of a flop. It was a bit of a flop. Yo, he's, he made one substitution in regular time. One substitution. He got outcoached by Marquez. Marquez got there last week. So Marquez, as a manager, stock up. Katanich, stock as a manager, down, baby. That's what I'm saying. If y'all disagree, let me, let me know. Let me know what you think about TNT Marquez, and let me know what you think about Katanich. I don't care what nationality you are, what team you support. If you've watched these teams throughout the tournament, what do you think about those two guys? Okay, and, and, and who was Uzbekistan's best player? I know they're out. Their Asian Cup is over, too. Who was their best player at this tournament? I'm going to say it was Ishmordov, bro. Dog. Absolute dog. But if you nominate Fezalayev, I think that's completely fair. If you want to nominate uh, Kamrabekov, I think that's completely fair. If you nominate Yusupov, I think you tripping. I think you tripping. Let's take it to the games that happened yesterday now. Australia versus Korea. This is going to be very short, guys, because I feel like I've talked about this enough. But this is just an op another opportunity. Maybe other things have popped in my head that I, I haven't talked about yet. Australia, and I truly mean this, were set up perfectly in that game to win. It was moments away, once again, from a Graham Arnold masterclass. What he did with the Australian lineup was perfect. And if, if Mitchell Duke could finish, if Metcalf, Connor Metcalf could finish, if Martin Boyle could finish, I'm talking wide open chances here, people, then Australia probably walk out of this game 3 nothing victors and they're in the semis against Jordan. And with that... 
do anything to the Australian fans back home. It seems like not a lot of people care about the Asian Cup unless Australia are in the final. Well, that attitude ain't helping this team out. I'm telling you right now. I feel like Australia probably had the worst fan attendance of any team. I don't know their stats on that. If somebody knows that, let me know in the comments. I feel like there were no Socceroos fans here. Like, nobody cared. It would pan to, like, a group of 100 Australians in the corner every game. I, I really felt like the support was not there. And they were truly the away team in every single match. But that's no excuse. And, and talking about how they played, it was ugly, but so freaking effective. With Graham Arnold, it's one of those things where if it works, he's a genius, right? Tactician masterclass did you see how he shut down the mighty south korean offense and he was moments away from that the problem is individual mistakes when you're playing the formation of which was basically a 5-4-1 at the end from australia just like holding on for dear life when you make mistakes like that you then look like an idiot you look like a fool so graham arnold goes from master tactician to a, a, a reactive child you know, a guy who can't see the forest for the trees. Oh my God, he thought parking the bus against South Korea was going to work? What an idiot. Even though, until the 96th minute, it worked. And it worked flawlessly. Now, I think with Graham Arnold, he, he's, he's going to be having nightmares about his substitutions in this game, I think, the rest of his managerial career. To, to take off Nathaniel Atkinson, who was Australia's best player in the game, it was him or, it was him or, or, or Craig Goodwin. But I'm going to give it to Atkinson because he, he was locking down Wang Hee Chan. He really was. To take him off, to take off Keanu Bacchus, who was locking down Son Heung-min. I mean, Son had no space in the middle. Bacchus was hounding him. It really looked like Arnold went up to Bacchus and was like, man, mark him. Man, mark him. Don't let him get on the ball. And then you take off Craig Goodman. You literally took off Australia's three top performers. Disaster. And it's easy in hindsight, right? It's easy to look back and be like, what a moron. Could he have known that Lewis Miller was going to make two of the most disastrous fouls in Australian football history? No, of course he shouldn't have known that. And we shouldn't blame him for that too much. We should blame, maybe we should, because obviously the guy ain't good enough. It's not that you brought on Lewis Miller. It's that you brought him on for Nathaniel Atkinson. It's that you took off your best performers. If he had taken off Metcalf, Boyle, and Bayhitch, we have a different discussion right now. Because those guys weren't having bad games. Well... Connor Metcalf is not a good footballer. That guy sucks. I'm going to be real. Maybe he's not good, but and Martin Boyle, woo! I mean, that back to back say that Cho made, he probably should have put one of those away. Anyways, I'm digging myself a grave here with this point. Uh, um, or maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm elevating myself. If he takes off one of those gentlemen, I don't think people have a problem. But, I mean, I guess it'd be like Jurgen Klinsmann taking off uh, Kim and Jay. Egon in and Quang and Bomb. It'd be like, what? What are you doing, blood? Do you not realize these guys are carrying your team right now? That's what it would be like. And so for that reason, I feel like Graham Arnold, disaster game management from him there. The setup, perfect, beautiful. The management, the adaptation, disastrous. And then put throwing Harry Sutar up at the nine. Why? Why did you not sub in Yangi? Why didn't you just go to a back three? You could have gone two men up top, subbed on Yangi. You could have had Harry Sutar and Yangi in the box. Or hell, throw in all three. Keep Mitchell Duke on and throw on Yangi. Take somebody else off and throw him on. Why didn't you do that? I just feel like the, the roll of the dice came too soon and it was, it was the wrong roll. He rolled a straight two, bro. Just about the refs. I already talked about this. No, the refs did not rig this for South Korea. That is a, a joke. Was it kind of a harsh red card on Aiden O'Neill? 
yes, it was kind of harsh, but he also stomped on Huang Chan's leg. I mean, he, he or ankle, I guess is how you would say it. Don't, don't be an idiot, bro. It's an unnecessary challenge. He doesn't need to go in like that. Don't blame the ref. Blame your manager and blame your players. Blame your players. Oh, my gosh. Lewis Miller. Who's worse, Lewis Miller or Kobe Takura? Let me know in the comments. Switching it to Korea, Klinsman got bailed out in this game, straight up. I told all of y'all that y'all were hating after Saudi Arabia lost to South Korea because Klinsman did well in that game. Y'all were straight hating, saying it was straight luck. No, it wasn't. In this game, oh, Klinsman got lucky. Oh, he got so lucky because, like I said, Graham Arnold set, set Australia up and Klinsman had no answer. I mean... Y'all, South Korea had no shots in the first half. 45 minutes, 70% possession, no shots. In the second half, 70% possession, otra vez, again, three shots. Three shots. Uh, were any on target? All three were on target. Oh, excellent. 100%. He, he got bullied by Graham Arnold until Graham Arnold played himself. And again, Klinsman was bailed out by world-class talent. I don't think he's had the most disastrous, disgusting horrendous Asian Cup campaign of all time. I don't think it's been good. I think Saudi Arabia was his best showing. And then I think he kind of reverted to the mean a little bit here against Australia. What will he do against Jordan? Will he learn that the 4-4-2 against Jordan is a disaster? Will he roll that out again? If so, then he's lost my sympathy. And I don't have much sympathy for him, but I just want y'all to give him a little credit for the, for the Saudi win. That's all. That's all. Uh, talking about the players, Sung Hyo Min, world-class. Absolute world-class. I mean, how can you not respect this man? How can he not be in the GOAT conversation? To me, he is the GOAT. He's, he's the Asian GOAT. Like, he is. The, the way that he, he bails out his national team, he, he's just got to be in that conversation. To play devil's advocate, I felt like during open play, he wasn't necessarily super dangerous, a bit wasteful. It was not his best game. Again, Keanu Bacchus did a very good job marking him this game, and he should have put the game away when he had that kind of, you know, not a not quite a one-on-one -on -one with Matt Ryan where he's on the right side of the box, but he needs to get that on target and he kind of scuffs it. But this is what superstars do. They step up in big moments. That's what he did on the free kick. It's a gorgeous free kick. I mean, I, I still get chills thinking about it. Um, I wouldn't give Son the man of the match. I'd probably give it to, ooh, I'd probably give it to Wangi Chan. Probably. Maybe, maybe Kim and Jay? I don't know. Also, Kim and Jay, now that I'm on that, the yellow card, that was stupid. That was stupid. I forgot what Australian player it is. Is like laying on the ball. Kim and Jay's trying to get him off the ball, and he gets a yellow card for that. I mean, that was a joke. And now he's suspended, and that's a big freaking deal. Kim Young-Gwan, I thought, was serviceable this game. Much better passing. Against Saudi Arabia, his passing was trash. But against Australia, much better. I mean, I, I, I guess, damn. I mean, who do we... Who do we go back to? Jung Seung Hyung is going to start, I, I, I guess. I, I don't really know what the solution is going to be there. But, you know, Korea, that's a big loss, man. That's a big, big loss in Kim Min-jae. Mm, anything else I want to say about Korea? Cho Gae-sung, I don't think he should have started. I don't think he should have started. I think I gave Klinsman a B against Saudi Arabia. I'm going to give him a C- minus in this game. You cannot start Choge Sung. You're not going to win an aerial duel against Australia. It was foolish. Sun should have started at the nine. Against Jordan, I think maybe you could start Choge Sung, but I wouldn't. I would not. I would start Sun at the nine, and I would bring Choge Sung in the 60th minute and make a formation change if necessary. I don't know if Choge Sung is going to be Nasib and Al-Arab in the air. 
Like, maybe he beats him once, but I would just rather have Song at that starting position. Lastly, I'll talk about Igangin grew into the game. Honestly, again, after after Graham Arnold made those substitutions, then Igangin started getting good, I feel like. Other than before that, I felt like they were doing a good job against him. Aziz Behich, you know, nice one on one marking. Um, but just as the game went on and on and on, especially in the extra time, he was getting loose. And Igangin's best games, in my opinion, have both have all been in the group stage. I mean, against Jordan, I thought he was very good, and now he gets a rematch. And after two kind of quieter games, will we see Igangin wake up and erupt again in the semifinals against Jordan? Uh, this is a revenge game for Korea. Make no mistake about that. I think that he will. And I'm praying that he will because Korea, y'all all I have left, man. Y'all really all I have left. The last game that I'm going to talk about is Jordan defeating Tajikistan 1-0 off of a Hananov own goal. And I have to say, even though it was an own goal and sometimes out of context, that can seem super harsh. The result is not harsh. I feel like Jordan were clearly the best team in this game. And this is really Tajikistan's uh, about the level of opponent that they just cannot defeat, you know, that kind of Qatar Jordan level within the Asian uh, continent. And I don't want to diminish Tajikistan. The fact that they made a quarterfinal in their debut is tremendous. I mean, if we want to talk about biggest L campaigns, you got to put Japan up there, biggest L, Oman, biggest L, maybe, maybe Kyrgyzstan, biggest L, biggest W, you have to put Tajikistan up there right now. I'm not saying it's the biggest, right? I mean, Jordan, massive success that they're in the semifinals. Oh, I called that, by the way. Uh, massive success. But with Tajikistan, they, they just don't have quite the personnel to, I think, go further than this. I really think this is the ceiling on this team. I don't know where they can improve outside of getting a finisher. But it's like, how many teams at this Asian Cup could use a finisher? Do you? I feel like we're saying that about so many teams. Australia could use a guy who could finish. I mean, Qatar could, you know, really use 2019 Almos Ali. Japan as well could really use just a killer nine. A lot of teams could use that. Tajikistan especially. They are reliant on very progressive open play. And they kept that mentality the entire tournament, which I fully respect. But they couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. They could barely do it in the group stage. They barely did it against Palestine. I mean, excuse me, against uh, the UAE barely did it. I mean, they squeaked by despite having so many chances, so many open opportunities, one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper. They just couldn't put it away, and eventually it caught up to them. And when you can't score and you're not elite defensively, uh, a quarterfinal, that's that's about that's about what, it, what it's going to be, you know. I, I just have to commend these guys. They made it further than I thought they were going to. I thought the UAE was going to knock them out in the round of 16. Uh, Safarov had such a good tournament. Shukarov as well, bro. The, the other Shukarov, not both Shukarovs. I mean, the Uzbek Shukarov and the Tajik Shukarov, studs, bro. And I thought Shukarov was their best player against Jordan. He was putting in some crunching tackles, man. Like, I don't know if this guy plays at Istiklal in Tajikistan or somewhere else in, in you know, the Central Asia. But this guy's good. I would love to see him make a move, of course, not knowing how old he is or anything else about him other than what I've seen at the Asian Cup. Guys like Hananov, young player, I want to say 23, very good tournament. Unlucky to get the own goal today. It, if you watch the own goal, it kind of like goes past Nasib's head and like off of Hananov's chest. I don't think he expects the ball to get through. He's leaning forward to clear it. It's unlucky, but great tournament from him. Great tournament from him at... I feel like they really have a foundation to build upon Tajikistan. And Peter Zerkt, Zegert, I think is how you might pronounce his name. Einstein, whatever you want to call him. 
Yo, Asia, Asia needs more managers like him. Charismatic, daring, bold, confident. I love how Tajikistan played at this tournament. You know, they didn't quite have what it took to go further than this, but I love what they had at this tournament. I love how they approached the game. I wish more teams had the balls to play like Tajikistan. And you know what? They just came up against a superior opponent today in Jordan, and Jordan defeated them. And again, I... I cannot say it was undeserved. If there's one guy I'm very frustrated with with Tajikistan, it is Jalilov. You know, the captain, the probably best skilled player. Y'all, he might have had 20 shots this Asian Cup and no goals. I mean, he should have put the UAE game away. He should have scored against China several times. Should have scored against Lebanon. I don't know if he should have scored against Qatar, but uh, I don't know if it's because he was tasked with doing so much, but very frustrating campaign for me watching it because, again, he's one of those, like, almost good. You know, very, like... Masharipov-esque, almost good, almost great, and just not quite enough. So I know he was always the underdog, and I'm, I, I do not think he's trash. Please don't get me confused. I, I'm not going to drag the man. He did what he could, and he, pl he played his heart out for his country. I just wonder if Tajikistan, they get back here in 2027, can they go further than this? I'm going to say probably not. I think this is probably the ceiling for them right now and that's a long ways away we could see a fall off i mean maybe, maybe peter segert leaves and god knows what happens after that going to jordan i thought this was musa altamari's worst game at the asian cup i thought he was he was much better um against iraq i mean what a menace against iraq he was today he just wasn't his dribbling wasn't quite as as clean you know his touch wasn't close to his body he was getting tackled a lot mostly by Shukarov and the guy who stepped out was Owan and uh Ali Owan is suspended for the match against Korea and y'all hot take maybe maybe hot take y'all let me know in the comments maybe cold take that's a big loss for Jordan massive loss I feel like Yazan and Al-Samari have gotten all of the praise all of the headlines they're scoring the goals Al-Marty Al as well but Owan was their best player against Tajikistan, he was slicing and dicing the Tajikistan back line. They couldn't get close to him. He almost drew a couple penalties. He was creating really good chances. That's a big miss. So Koreans, I know that Kim and Jay's out, but Jordan are also missing somebody big. So I think maybe Kim and Jay is slightly more, slightly more important to Korea than Owan is. What do they do? Do they move Almardi up and have him complete that Jordanian triangle of death? Or do they keep Almardi as kind of like the left mid? I have no idea what the coach is going to do. We're going to have to find out, but you know, I, I'm just putting that out there because I don't want I don't want this to be used as an excuse. The Kim and Jay injury is an excuse for why Korea eventually lose, you know, because Jordan also have suspensions of their own. Al Arab and Nasib, bro, the, the, that those center backs, man, they are they're not the quickest. Well, actually, Nasib's pretty quick. They're not the biggest, is what I should say. But they're good in the air, smart, and they know how to play together. Ajaline might be suspended as well, but I feel like they'll just, you know, they'll throw somebody else at that, that third center back position, and I feel like they'll be okay. Jordan are riding high. They have the crowd behind them. They defeated Iraq, who looked bulletproof after the group stage. They've now taken down Tajikistan. I know it was one nothing, but it was decisive, y'all. It was... Yatimov made some big saves in this game. He, he was really, really good. What's the goalkeeper's name for Jordan? Abdullah. Abdullah. He maybe made like two saves. He didn't make two saves, exactly. Yeah, two saves. Didn't really get tested a whole lot. Now you're going against South Korea again. 2-2 rematch. Yo, this game is going to be crazy. I cannot wait for this live stream. I'm, I'm so excited for this. Um, what a campaign for Jordan. 
What a campaign. A lot of people thought this team was just trash based on their, their friendly performance. Kind of shows you that you can't really rate too friendlies. You can't rate friendlies too much going into tournaments like this because if a team wants to turn it on, they're going to turn it on. And if they have the talent plus the desire, watch out. Watch out because they could look like Jordan and end up in the semifinals. I'm going to end the episode there, guys. You let me know your thoughts down below in the comments. Again, leave a like on this video if you enjoyed. Hit subscribe so you don't miss future Asian football videos on the channel. If you're listening on streaming platforms, please give the podcast a five-star rating. We will be back Tuesday and Wednesday next week for live streams for both semifinals matches. Be there. The link and everything will be posted on the Twitter, which you can find in the description of this video. Y'all are awesome, and I'll see you on the next one.